Christina Dodwell, thank you very much indeed for talking to Judge Business School Women in Leadership 85 Broads podcast series today. You have been the keynote speaker after dinner and you gave us a little romp through your life, through what you're doing now uh, to, to fundraise and, and how you began that journey from then till now. Could you take us back to your personal journey? Let's start with that story you ended with, how if your parents hadn't had faith in you, if they hadn't said, well, you know, you can pack up your bags and go travelling, you would have never become Christina Dodwell, explorer, author, broadcaster and founder of the Dodwell Trust. When I went to my parents and said, Okay, I'm off to see the world. I'm going off with a Land Rover, four of us, and we're going to travel through Africa for a year. My mother said, oh, how wonderful. Tell me more. And it's like if they felt that I could do it, um, I knew I could do it. If my mother had turned around and said, oh, my God, you can't possibly do that. You'll be killed. Everything awful will happen. We'll be so worried. Well, you can't do that. I would have felt that I wasn't capable of it. The fact that my parents had complete faith in my ability to show common sense and and respect and stuff, um, it gave me the confidence to go out and do it. And and so you talked about sort of how failure in life teaches you much, success very little, but, but how, you know, when you went out with that first trip with the blokes in the Land Rover, they stole the Land Rover, you were left with your friend, with your, your possessions of your, on your ground, you'd lost everything, and you didn't know what to do next, but you had to quickly learn what to do next. Can you tell us a little bit about that story and why you think it was personally so empowering? Um, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's amazing how difficult it is to learn anything when, when things go well. You know, when um, everything goes according to plan and there aren't any challenges, I don't learn a thing. It's only when everything goes wrong, that things don't go to plan, then I start learning, which takes me back to the beginning, yes, where after crossing the Sahara Desert, um, the two lads uh, stole the Land Rover and vanished, leaving us with a heap of gear on the ground. In a way, it's a sort of shedding of things as you go because we got rid of the possessions we didn't need and we tried to travel onwards but unfortunately Nigeria at that point ran out of fuel Um, the the petrol stations were empty the depots were empty uh, so there were no vehicles on the road lateral thinking Uh, we got two semi-wild horses and we set out to ride from Nigeria through into Cameroon. We didn't have um, saddles and bridles, so we used our sleeping bags um, rolled up on their backs as saddles, and we made bridles out of string. But the reins broke if you pulled the string too hard. At first, it was, again, at first it was easy. The, the land was lush, and there were plenty of villages where we could get, you know, buy food. But as we progressed, the land grew drier and became semi-desert. And then the build-up of the heat was oppressive. It was building up to the rainy season. And at night, there were these great electric storms in the sky. We slept in hammocks because we didn't have a tent, you see. But we did have two little hammocks that we hung in the scrubby thorn trees. And and so that, you know, it must be so empowering that, that, you know, your parents allowed you to do it, your relationships, your friendship groups allowed you to do that. And and then you just kept on exploring. You kept on wanting more. It wasn't just travel. You wanted more adversity, it seems. 
Mm, blind face and ignorance. I'm not sure. I didn't. I don't believe in seeking challenge. You know, looking for trouble. Um, I, I trouble comes easily enough. I, I sometimes. Uh, I have, my problem can be sometimes. I will assume things, and. Um, yes, after having done that first horse journey, and although it was grueling, uh, we came out the other side. So that when we reached, we went on into Central African Republic, and we got this. Uh, we were stopped again by the weather. It was um, the roads ahead were closed because of the mud, closed to traffic. Um, you know, new challenge: how to how to keep travelling. Horses not suitable. So we decided to travel by river, and we got this dugout canoe and two paddles. And this time our preparations, our provisions were four loaves of bread, a jar of jam and some coffee. But I, I had at the back of my mind this idea that it was really quite normal. Now, um, uh, making the assumption that you know, everybody can do this kind of thing or that they, they do it all the time, it somehow it doesn't, you know, it, it's, you just get on with planning and preparing. It was clear from the um, response of local fishermen and villagers who saw us paddling down the river that foreign women had never paddled the Congo before. And I said to Leslie, but why didn't you warn me that we were heading off into the, the unknown? And she said, I didn't think you'd listen. So, so he were not listening to your friends, actually then being arrested I would have listened. She didn't tell me, though. She didn't you know, tell I just made the assumption it was quite normal, um, which is fine, because... But, but arrest, you, you, you've quite often in, in your exploring career, uh, Christina Doddwell, been arrested as well, haven't you? So, so you, you know, you've had friends in prison, you've had to plead for them, uh, you've had to show that, that actually you're on the side of the indigenous population, that you're not an enemy, you're a friend, not a foe, you've used body language, you've used tone in your voice, and yet you cope with this adversity time and time again. And not only that, you come out of it a champion. Ah, well, you see, I have my tested exits from tight corners. And this is my kind of guiding principles uh, of when when trouble hits. Um, There are ways to defuse situations. Um, There are ways to divert them um, into a different kind of an easier course. For example, if in a lonely place you're surrounded by a group of thugs and you can't escape, uh, you can smile, shake everyone by the hand and say that you're on your way to their, um, their, their region, to their village, and that their um, elders are expecting you for lunch the next day. Uh, could they give you some directions? Actually, see, people do like being helpful. And sometimes... It, you could defuse, you know, it may be that they hadn't thought of coming up to attack me, but just the fact that I appeared to be um, uh, vulnerable or whatever, they had decided spontaneously to give me a hard time. But if you can change that, pull that situation and divert it into allowing people to show their better nature and to help you and to give you directions, um, it's much better to defuse a situation than to deal with the trouble but yes sometimes things have gone out of control so quickly that it's you know it's it's too late to anything at the beginning in iran yes i was arrested three times as a foreign spy there and it is always frightening being caught and, and thrown into the back of a van and taken to the revolutionary guards headquarter prison cells uh, I, I use equally radical tactics there where I go on immediate hunger strike and start to cough and I'll cough till I'm retching till I'm choking and spitting blood if I can to frighten people because uh, I'm a woman I'm an infidel 
Um, and to have a sick foreign prisoner, female, is a nuisance. And to have a dead foreign prisoner is actually an embarrassing, an embarrassment. It's not manly to kill women. So I always feel, you know, there's no need to kill me. What you're using time and time again in these tight corners is your emotional intelligence. You're also using your intuition to say, well, people want to attack me, but I'm going to be a friend, so that they show trust in me and I show trust in them. The relationship becomes reciprocal. Do you think this is where there's a transfer of values between Christina Dodwell, the explorer, author, broadcaster and founder of the Dodwell Trust and the business women here tonight at the 85 Broads? Um, women and leadership judge business school dinner i think there's an awful lot of similar techniques you see because uh, negotiating bartering uh, bluff these are all tools you need to use to get yourself out of trouble um they're all tools of business as well um body language tones um the way that people are speaking uh, and the, you can get people to agree with you by certain sort of techniques of mirroring their body language. And, and you know, there's an awful lot of useful business stuff. How to, how to get people on your side. Uh, what's the difference whether you're uh, in the bush or in the meeting? I, I would probably be much more afraid in a business meeting than I would be in the bush. You also mentioned kindness. Now, someone might say, well, you know, you've been struck by the kindness of the people, even when you've been taken as a prisoner, that, that actually have managed to make people show kindness towards you. And there's a reciprocality again in that relationship. But do you think that, that say, if a, a businesswoman was in a tight situation, kindness, sort of some generosity might help get her out of that situation? I do believe strongly that people are hugely kind. They are hugely kind. They have no wish to harm each other, except occasionally when they forget that they have no wish to harm each other and they, they get it wrong. But um, one should always assume, oh, yeah, there I go, assuming again, I assume that people um, are kind and I have just been learned from experience how kind they genuinely are. So that, no, people are never a threat, or very, very seldom a threat. Um, that Particularly, the more you travel, the deeper you go into the wilds, the safer I feel I am. I might be fairly frightened in a city, particularly in a city at night. You, you have also been in another situation where you lost everything in life. You talked about your marriage and, and then uh, you know, the, the, the financial side going wrong in, in terms of investment, having to sell up your farm, sell your, your animals, live in a caravan and start again. And yet, in a very robust way, you seem to say, well, this was a good experience for my husband and I. We're, we're now buying 30 acres in Wales. You know, we've got ourselves back on our feet and actually we rather miss the caravan. But, but do you think that most people wouldn't be able to cope with those, that adversity or what you call those challenges? Be, because there was an underlying message in your talk tonight that losing everything is good. People have a huge capacity to cope with things. They may not realise that they can do it until they're forced to. It's, it's amazing how much, how much resources you have inside yourself, but it's not until you need to find them that you can find that they are there. You know, if, if things are all very easy and, and straightforward, you may never know the depth of your strength and your ability. Losing everything... Um, yeah, I've lost everything twice now. The first time, losing, um, being abandoned in West Africa, losing the Land Rover and all that stuff. Um, 
I found the world through my travels. The second time I lost everything, um, I found the... I found the importance of people and my charity projects in Madagascar and how, what, how, how good it was to be able to um, put back some of the kindness that I'd received by running these projects and how much the people, particularly the volunteers who take part in our English teaching schemes there, how much they get out of it and all the little challenges they face and how they grow and will never kind of take for granted the world in the same way again. So then if we apply those values of the traveller to those of perhaps the MBA student at Judge Business School going out, putting out their CV to employers during a recession, they may not find a job, but they are coping with adversity in a way because it knocks yourself confident. You're not, you've not got the job, your CV hasn't been acknowledged. Are there any sort of skill sets you think that you can't tell everybody to go travelling, don't bother about a career? in business but but is there anything they can learn from your experiences in particular and in general it's not yes sometimes traveling can be a misleading word because you need to get on the inside of life um in another country and not just drift through the trouble with uh being for example a tourist is that you're on the outside looking in uh, you need to get to be part of it and see life from the inside looking out uh, in order to really understand, which is where I think the fun of um, you know, volunteering and working and te- particularly teaching uh, and being appreciated because, and I say to the volunteers, you know, you always say, just I'm an English teacher because people understand immediately why you're there, you're working with their kids, with them, in the community and... Um, Whereas if you just say, oh, I'm a tourist, um, it's a meaningless thing. Whereas to actually be there working with their kids and communities is to them an immensely valuable thing and uh, people are just hugely appreciative. So, so if they're going out, they're putting out their CVs to, to their employers and things like that, they're wanting jobs, they're getting rejected, you know, you're just saying it doesn't matter. It's that adversity that's going to shape ah. you up as the businesswoman of the future. Oh, yes. I mean, there's little help I can offer. I can see how depressing and desperate it would be because, um, you know, one has to know that one has valued skills. And and even with that, you can't get a job. And that is such a, a depressing thing. However, by going through difficult things, once you've been through something that's difficult frightening, painful, humiliating, or just depressing, um, then for the rest of your life, you actually have a strength and a confidence of coming, of knowing that you've been through that and you've been through it and come, you know, so that the next situation that comes along, you, you say to yourself, no, I've been through worse. It was more depressing when this happened or that happened. Therefore, I can cope with it this time. Right. So going out in a recession may not be bad for these judge MBA business students who were at the 85 Broads Conference tonight. It'll be it, bad it, at the time. Certainly it's bad at the time because it's, it's depressing and you're not feeling valued. But um, uh, yes, it will end. Um, you know, it, can't, it doesn't go on forever. Um, it's like the nights of you know, when a night is... is Helen, you're lost and stuck in the rain and and, um, you feel that dawn will never come. But in the end, actually, dawn does come. In the end, um, the uh, lack of work, maybe it's a different kind of work. Maybe it's not quite what you wanted. Maybe you sidestep into something else just to um, give it a try and to keep your skills sharp. So that, But it's something 
that is a, a strength that you carry forwards through the rest of your life, having been through a bad experience. Absolutely. That rejection then becomes what propels you forward and, and you reach down to find what you're really capable of. But you told that lovely story. You were talking about being in the dark and, and the rain coming down, but that lovely story of, of how you were in such an adverse situation again. And actually, you, re- you managed to remember that you were indeed frightened of the dark. Oh, yes, I, well, when I set out travelling, I was still scared of the dark. But there are simply points where it's not relevant. Um, when you're camping uh, on a sandbank in the Congo River and you seem to be, your camp seems to be being attacked by local um, youths who think it's a fun thing to do, um, it's not, you know, fear is simply not the right response at that time. You've actually got to get on with dealing, dealing with the situation, defusing it. And, and being afraid of the dark is really, is really a bit late for that sort of stuff. So I'm just making the, the parallel uh, uh, connection there that actually being afraid of your CV being rejected probably isn't as bad as people think it's going to be, that what you've got to do is keep putting one foot in front of the other, like Ranulph finds, getting yes. to the top of Everest, age 65, but, but just keep going. Just keep going. Just keep going. And... Things that seem bad, I mean, back again with the analogy of, of um, um, uh, the travels and the fear. I remember nights sleeping in my hammock when I was travelling alone with a horse. And I, would, so I woke up one night and I heard these heavy footsteps coming towards my hammock. And I felt these blasts of hot air on my face. Then I realised, it's only the horse come over to check that I'm okay. That's lovely, and I would end there, but I, I want you to promote the Dodwell Trust. Why should people support you and your work in the Dodwell Trust? Madagascar is isolated and forgotten. There's no Save the Children, there's no Oxfam, no Plan International. There are so very, very, very few people uh, doing anything there. Madagascar is forgotten because it's not on the way to anywhere else. Nobody goes to Madagascar and except those who specifically want to go there. So that um, it's missed out from all the sort of trickle down of ideas. And like Africa, you've got ideas crossing borders, spare parts, all sorts of things that trickle down a continent. But nothing ever made the leap to Madagascar, which is partly why it's remained so extremely special. It's just unlike anywhere. Um, because of its isolation, it has a very special sweetness. And because... Um, I guess the, the projects mean a lot to me because, uh, for example, our, our first five years in using radio drama for development messages was extraordinary because I realised the power of collaboration. We don't have any messages. We, do, we aren't an island. We're not trying to protect anything. We, we're bridges. We're ways of carrying the messages of the donor community, uh, mother and child information, nutrition, um, hygiene, agricultural, uh, revenue projects, how to create a village association. There are so many important steps. Um, Organisations go in and they try and work from the first step. We work between the ground and the first step. You know, you can't actually start on the first step. You've got to start before then. And that's where we've always worked, is between, is between the ground and that first step where other people go in. And if to collaborate and to be able to make other people's projects a great deal more effective. Now, that's really fun. And what you seem to be doing in business parlance is to be indulging your love, indulging your passion, and that means your indulgence becomes successful. 
Yes, collaboration is teamwork also. Um, and to be able to vehicle um, the team's work, uh, the, the work of other teams, um, is what um, you know, partnership is all about. Well, indeed, it's been a partnership tonight, and I know that um, the assembled audience here have enjoyed your talk a great deal. So thank you very much indeed for talking to Judge Business School, 85 Broads, uh, Women in Leadership podcast series today. Uh, Christina Dodwell, I hope you get lots of supporters for your Dodwell Trust. Thank you very much.